Welcome to the first episode of Fashion Hub, a tool for fashion entrepreneurs. My name's Anissa and um, the first topic is going to be about starting a business. I think that's a great way to start. So how entrepreneurs get the big idea is a really big source of interest for academics such as myself. So there's a lot of research on how we, we can turn ideas into a business. So how do you get your your brand started well it's first getting an idea isn't it and before we start ideas are everywhere so we should get in the habit of writing them down either in our phone or having a you know a notebook at hand next to your bed some people have great ideas in the morning um, or you know first thing when they get up but an idea is no good unless it can be leveraged into an opportunity so an opportunity in the market is a basically a business that solves a problem for a large enough group of people who are willing to pay you enough money to make your business a success. So the idea only becomes a business when profits outweigh the cost. So you have enough revenue um, that outweigh the costs, which gives you profit at the end of the day. Some entrepreneurs have great ideas, but doesn't stack up when it comes to the finances. It's not profitable in the long run. So here are some three ways entrepreneurs start coming up with their ideas. first one is quite a popular one which is a problem that the entrepreneur themselves have so it's a problem that you have something you cannot find in the market something that's been your bugbear forever um, you want high heels but you have really big feet um, so you make a range of shoes for women with big feet maybe there's enough people in your market if you're like me you love clothes but you want clothes that you can wear to work and also the weekends not many brands consider that, you know, they, they sort of very much look at formal versus casual. Although some brands like, for example, Uniqlo are kind of thinking about that smart casual element much more successfully. That's been a bugbear of mine for years. I could potentially start a brand around that. The idea that all the clothes can be worn in a casual way or in a um, business environment. Spanx is a perfect example of a business where the entrepreneur had the problem. Sarah Blakely now the founder of a billion dollar company, could not find undergarments or control garments that looked good that under her, her, I think it was a pair of white trousers, if I'm not wrong, um, that she was going to wear out. So she just cut some tights or pantyhose, they're called in the US, and voila, Spanx was started. Cambridge Satchel, the accessories brand, is another one, which is a kitchen table business, as we call it. Created by Julie Dean and her mother, she could not find a traditional satchel for her sons to take to school. She started with about £600 sterling and essentially realised there were other people or other families or kids who would love these sort of traditional satchels. And then she realised she could actually pay for her kids' private school by creating this business. So it's a problem that you have that you, you find a new solution to solve and you need to investigate if there's more people like you who have this problem. The second is working in the industry is kind of quite linked. So having worked in the industry, you've gathered up a lot of knowledge. You realize you could do something better, more efficiently, do something at a lower cost or in a different way. Ralph Lauren is a perfect example. He started off as a salesman. He's not a trained designer. He was selling shirts and ties as a menswear sales rep. 
and he realized there was a gap in the market for keenly priced products with a more European styling. And that's how he started his eponymous label. The third is leveraging trends. So trends are things that people adopt. It can be a trend in food, types of food we want to eat, the holidays we want to go on, the sort of hobbies we adapt. There can be global trends. A good example is wellness. People are really into, you know, being healthy, eating healthy food. And there's also local trends, trends that are local to your country or region if you live in a big enough country. If you're lucky, you tap into a global trend which is a trend locally, but has also international elements, which will mean that you're going to, your business idea is likely to be successful. So those are the three ways entrepreneurs tend to start their business. Either they have a problem, they've worked in the industry, or they leverage a specific trend. There are also some research uh, tools used by marketeers or marketers. PEST is one of the, probably the most famous tools. Uh, PEST is used to research a market, a specific market, and it can also be known as PESTEL. So we look at, we use PEST to understand the political environment, the economic environment, the social environment, technological environment, the environmental issues, and then law as well. So law and politics are kind of connected. So I always tend to ask my students to use PEST because by definition, the environment has become an issue which governments are looking at anyway. So for the political sphere or dimension, a change in law can create an opportunity to help a brand. So say, for example, the Singapore government said, you know, by 2022, all brands must be sustainable. Here are the tenants. I could start a business, couldn't I, um, helping brands become more sustainable. I could start a business helping brands comply with all these laws. Looking at the economy, economic performance is very much connected to disposable income of the population. So if the economy is doing really well, people may be demanding more products of a higher price or more products that are going to help them with their lifestyle that they want. If the economy conversely is doing badly, they might still demand certain products but might want those products at a lower price. So that's something um, entrepreneurs can keep in mind and do some more research. Social change is very powerful. So looking at population statistics, demographics, the age of the population. So with an aging population, America and Japan has been going through this. Some entrepreneurs realize that they want to make products specifically for baby booms whose kids have left home and they have money in their pocket. So you'll see specific products around travel for your uh, baby boomers who are now in their 50s and 60s, fashion for baby boomers who are in their 50s and 60s could be about ethnic background or religious background. We're seeing a trend towards modest fashion. So there are people of Muslim backgrounds or who want modest clothing, but they want to be fashionable. Since the 1970s, women have, worked, have entered the workforce, but entrepreneurs can dig a bit further and see, okay, how many women are expectant mums? So it could be a potential business idea to create a range of clothing for expectant mums. Could it even go further with it? How many new mums return to work whilst they're still breastfeeding. So I could create a whole sort of range of clothing and accessories for new mums who are breastfeeding. Technology, which tech exists or even more importantly, which new tech has been created that can solve an old problem? E-commerce is a perfect example. Many entrepreneurs exist, new entrepreneurs coming to the market all the time. They want to get their goods to market. So companies like 
Shopify and Squarespace have made it easy for companies to create template websites and e-commerce sites. Sometimes technology creates new problems. So a good example is apps that help other apps perform. So many brands have Instagram accounts, you know, to reach new target market and to promote their brands. Apps like Linktree help those companies organize their website information much more interestingly because of the challenge of Instagram, not allowing links only in the profile. So some of your best business ideas or some of the best business apps that are most successful are not business to consumer. In fact, it's business to business. The biggest markets, as it were, are usually the government. So if you can come up with a technology that helps the government or helps another business, you could be really successful. So you can use technology to make another business more efficient or to save money. 3D printing, for example, where things were to be more complicated to print something and be very expensive. 3D printing made it much cheaper for brands to create products. There are other ways of researching trends, not just using PEST, as I outlined there. Could be platforms that exist. There's some free and paid. A good free example is trendhunter.com. So they basically look at trends across the year, and every year, New Year, they release the trends of 2020 um, in 2021, for example. And so you can look into the sort of global trends. They're usually a bit more America-focused because that's where they're based, and it's obviously one of the biggest consumer markets. And there's a lot of research that says that um, trends do come from the US and Europe and then moves across the world. Although these days we're seeing a, a little bit of trends going the other way, going from east to west rather than the traditional west to east. The number one trend forecasting agency for fashion, in my opinion, is WGSN. It is expensive. It's a great resource. They will forecast in the future uh, collections for two or three years in advance, um, seasons in advance, sorry. Uh, silhouettes, fabrics, colours... Um, and they do a lot of research to understand what is being bought by the big manufacturing or made by the big manufacturing agencies, what's happening at trade shows, what's happening in stores, so that brands can stay abreast of what's happening in fashion. They also look at consumer behavior, and they also look at visual merchandising and a little bit of elements of other kind of design trends. But as I said, it is a paid platform. Another free resource would be Google Trends. If you already have an idea in mind, you might want to use Google Trends, which is a free um, platform from Google, where you can see if people are searching for this topic. There are some new interesting frameworks. They've become like buzzwords now, haven't they? Design thinking tools. Uh, many designers and architects would say that they've been doing this all throughout their career. But two Stanford professors kind of made, developed the framework into a way that's very easy for anyone to adapt, where they take a company or an entrepreneur individuals through the steps to innovate and come up with interesting ideas. So design thinking basically has methods for us to, or methodology for us to reframe the problem, first of all. So the first thing is to understand the problem, you know, from the perspective of the customer to make sure you've got the right um, problem in mind that you can solve because there's some wicked problems which you will never be able to solve. So there's no point in going down that route. They also give uh, tools of prototyping, which is testing the ideas in a short, cheap way as soon as possible so you can sort of fail forward and improve. The idea of iteration, that the first uh, service idea that you have is not the best, you might want to improve it before you launch it to market, spend lots of money. It also puts the customer at the center, so they give you tools to research and understand the target consumer, what their real pain points are, what the issues that they face, so that you could create 
products that are more customer-centric or consumer-centric. There's this argument that a lot of things already exist. And so tools like design thinking can really help entrepreneurs, you know, find new ways to innovate. Similar to that is Sprint. And it's a book, it's quite similar, but Sprint push, takes everything from design thinking and adds its own element and gives you a framework where within a weekend you can come up with some solutions. Again, the same understanding the problem, framing the problem, coming up with new ideas, you know, um, out there a bit more divergent in their thinking and then iterating over that weekend and coming out with something that can be tested. Very clever. I do recommend that sprint. So there's a lot of free tools as well and, and you can read the book. So here are some tools that I've outlined today. I've said there's three ways entrepreneurs can start the business. It can either be a problem they have or they've worked in the industry and got some understanding of how to do that product or service better or they can leverage a trend. They can look at pest analysis, which will help you understand your market better. Or if you want to look at global trends, go to free platforms such as trendhunter.com. Or if you have the money to pay, WGSN. And look into design thinking to come up with some ideas um, to see if you've got the right problem and solution as well. And, you know, investigate a sprint weekend. I can help you with all of these um, things that I mentioned uh, essentially, uh, go to anisajohnny.com, that's A-N-I-S-A-J-O-H-N-N-Y, N for November.com, where you can check out what it is that I do and how I help fashion brands. If you're thinking about starting a, a, a fashion business but you don't know where to start, hopefully these tools will help you. But if you still find yourself stuck, you can investigate a workshop. So join other newbie entrepreneurs and and attend a workshop that's usually more affordable it's four hours where I take you through some of the key points we've raised today and it's a much more kind of effective way because maybe you need some support and I can give you some ideas as well or maybe you want consultancy one-to-one -one, you have the budget for one-to-one -one. I can talk you through and walk you through to get your your big idea or it's a company-wide problem and you're looking to innovate and I can tailor a workshop specifically for the problem that you have in mind so do get in touch.